The word gospel means good news. Uh, we're, we're living in a day today that it, you can't even turn a radio or television or anything on and find good news. But I want to tell you, this book right here is full of good news. And uh, the reason it's full of good news is because it's full of Christ. And it's full of Christ from Genesis to Revelation. It's not just, Jesus is not just in the New Testament. He's throughout the entire book. We refer to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are specifically called the Gospels because that's the life of Jesus Christ. The 33 and a half years he was upon this earth, we have the stories of Christ. We've got the uh, death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, all of that in what we call the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Paul here writing to the church at Corinth, he's explaining in this entire chapter about this portion of the gospel, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had a Sunday school lesson this morning, and I'll not I'll just recap saying what it was about. It was about the resurrection of Christ, and thankfully, we're saved because of the resurrection. And of course, he says it again in 1 Corinthians 15. Look at verse number one again. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, verse number two, by which also ye are what? Saved. How many of you saved this morning? Say amen. All right, now according to the scriptures, John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Aren't you glad that if you're saved, you're saved? All right, you can't lose it, you can't give it away. I know there's people that once they get saved, they, they back, uh, backslide or they uh, go astray from the Lord. They might not live the Christian life like they're supposed to live the Christian life, but aren't you glad that once you become a child of God, you're a child of God? And I know there's a lot of people who would argue that fact, but it's hard to argue with Scripture, all right? God says, if you're in my hand, you're always in my hand. Brother Mark Besser, I mentioned, uh, passed away this last week. I was doing a funeral on Friday. Mark Besser uh, did not live, as we would say, the model Christian life. But Mark Besser is not going to heaven because of how he lived his life. You go to heaven because of what you do with Christ, all right? And I, I hope that this, I'm not explaining salvation in a way for a license to sin. There are many people who are not saved that are living for the devil, and by their fruits you shall know them. There are other people who are saved that have gotten away from God and have backslidden and are living a carnal life. But according to the scripture, the Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure that he knoweth them that are his. How many of you have children in here this morning? You got children? How many of you have children? Raise your hand. How many, have you ever forgotten who your children are? I didn't say you would like to forget. I said, have you ever forgotten who your children are? You say, no. I know exactly who every one of them are. All righty. I have eight. Sharon, Seth, Samuel, Silas, Stephen, Stephanie, Sarah, Susanna. And I want to tell you something. I'll never forget any of them, especially Stephen. I'll never forget any of them. All right. But do you understand that if you become a child of God, God's not going to forget you. He's not going to disown you. And you might walk away from God, but God never walks away from you. Amen. You study the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 16, and what do you find? The father is there waiting. And when the prodigal came, came back, the father ran to him. And I want to tell you, if you're not right with God this morning, and you know it. The Bible says, as for our iniquities, we know them. And I want to tell you, if you're not right with God this morning, can I tell you the father's waiting to run to you. All you've got to do is make the first step. Draw an eye to God, and he will... It's real simple. You know, this thing of living a miserable life because you're not right with God and you are grieved by your sin whether you know it or not, that's a miserable life. All you can do is get right with God. If you're a Christian, get right. Draw an eye to God. He'll draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And then you're not going to live a perfect life, but you can sure live a clean life. All right? Now, this morning, that's not the subject this morning, which you're thankful, for, thankful of. All right? Now, I want to talk to you about the gospel for just a few moments this morning that's mentioned in this chapter, chapter number 15, and I'm going to just talk about the first four verses. Now, here's what where, here's where I want you to be thinking about. Who is Paul writing to? The church where? Talk to me now. He's writing to the church at Corinth. 
Are these saved people or are they lost people? All right, they're saved people. So Paul is talking to this particular church, and he's writing to them about the gospel. He's going to spend the whole chapter talking about the resurrection. What's the gospel? Say it with me. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our nation as a whole is celebrating Easter today. Truthfully, it's not really Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday is what it is, all right? Every Sunday you come to church is a recognition of what the world would call Easter, but what the Bible calls the resurrection of Christ. Christ rose upon the first day of the week. When we go to church on Sunday, it's another remembrance that Christ rose from the dead for us. All right? So Paul is writing to church at, at Corinth, and he says, now listen, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection, and I want to tell you what you should do with the gospel. Now, church family, Paul spent his life preaching the gospel. And by the way, that's what we're supposed to do too. And, and, and you go through the scripture, and there's lots of it. But Paul talks about, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 17. Uh, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, God, or I should say Jesus, was speaking to uh, us as Christians, but the disciples. And he said this, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world, and what? Preach, preach the gospel. Now, the word preach just means to herald. That's why women can preach too, all right? If you're married, you understand that, all right? Women can preach too. It just means to herald, means to cry forth, means to proclaim a message. If you're saved in here this morning, you ought to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All righty? You ought to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what the Lord wants you to do. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Luke chapter 14, verse number 23. John chapter 15, verse number 16. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. You say, Pastor, why are you saying all those references? Because there's a host of scriptures that says we're supposed to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we're living in a world that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. That's why he said you're supposed to be the salt and the light. That influence is being a light about the gospel, is telling people about Jesus Christ. So to this morning, may I just remind all of us, we're supposed to all be preaching the gospel. If you showed up this morning and this is your first time here, can I tell you that if you come on this service or any other service, the one message we want to make sure that every person knows is that Jesus Christ loved them and died for them. Now, this morning, I'm going to preach for a little bit in, uh, to, to Christians this morning, but can I tell you the most important message a person needs to hear is that Jesus Christ paid for their sin, and all they've got to do is receive him as their personal Savior. Right now. But that's, you know why? Because that's the gospel. We're saved by the gospel. We preach the gospel. Now, here's the thought this morning. I didn't mean to lose you there. Paul, writing the church at Corinth, tells the church at Corinth there are three things they're supposed to do with the gospel. Heritage Baptist Church, can I tell you, these are the same three things that the Heritage Baptist Church is supposed to do with the gospel. You say, well, pastor, the gospel, if it's the death, burial, and resurrection, then it's just simply, I just need to be saved. Yes, you need to be saved. But Paul was talking to save people when he wrote to the book of Corinth. Now, they're all in these first four verses, and I want you to notice them with me. In verse number one, here's what he says. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the, say it, gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Now, in those first two verses, Paul tells the church at Corinth there are three things that they're supposed to do with the gospel. Now, look at the first one. In verse number one, I'll start again. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have, what's the word? Received. received. Now, can I, can I tell you, it's more than just knowing the gospel, it's receiving the gospel. Amen. Can, can I tell you, there are people who go to church that are going to die and go to hell because they think they're going to heaven because of the way they live their life instead of receiving what Christ did on the cross for their payment for their sin. 
There's people who sing the old hymns. There's people who bring a, a Bible to church. There's a person who dresses like a Christian or all the other um, influences that we look at outwardly of what a Christian should be. But they're not going to heaven. You know why? Because they never received it. You say, where do you get that at? I get that from John chapter 1, verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You have to receive it. You know, sometimes we don't like going out soul winning and telling people about Jesus Christ. And whether it's door knocking or whether it's talking to a, a neighbor or a coworker, it's all the same thing. Now, when we knock on a door, we knock on a door. My name's Scott John. We're from Heritage Baptist Church. I'd like to give an invite. More important than going to church, don't for sure going to heaven. We have a tendency to kind of give the gospel at a door. But can I tell you something? Give the gospel is not just door knocking. We, we went to the prison. We've gone to the jail. We've gone to the nursing home. This church has several ministries as far as outreach. But you know what the gospel is? It's you telling somebody. And you know what? You're just the messenger. You know, we get, our problem is we get embarrassed about what people think about us giving the gospel. And all you are is the messenger. That's it. Listen, I'm thankful that you came this morning. But truthfully, you didn't come to hear Pastor Hanks. You just came to hear the messenger. Because every service is supposed to be a message, not a sermon. Every service is supposed to be God gives the pastor what, what he wants for the congregation. He knows where you're at in your life, what's going on in your life this week. And God gives us the message. For, now, I know today's Easter. And by the way, I've preached many of holidays not preaching the holiday. This is the message for the hour, the gospel. What are we supposed to do with the gospel? First thing we're supposed to do is receive it. How many say this morning, say amen. amen. Then there was a time in your life you received it. Can I tell you that if you're here this morning and you know the gospel, you know Jesus Christ died on a cross, you know that uh, what he did on the cross and all of the pain and agony he went through and you know that he went to the grave and you know that three days later he arose, listen to me, it's more than knowing it. It's more than knowing it. You know, many of you are married in here and uh, if you were to introduce your spouse to somebody, uh, you would say, you know, Brother Saladin over here, Mrs. Saladin would say, I would like, to, she was meet, meeting somebody they had met before, she'd say, this is my husband, Nicholas, or this is my husband, you know, Mr. Saladin. I don't care what he says. I don't know what she's, this is my darling. I don't know what you call him. This is my dingbat. I don't know. It's something, all right? All right? But she's going to introduce her husband, this is Nicholas, to somebody. And that person would know Brother Saladin by Nicholas, but they wouldn't know Brother Saladin like Mrs. Saladin knows Brother Saladin. And can I tell you, there's a lot of people who come to church, you've heard the name of God or the name of Christ, and you know about Christ, but you don't know Christ. You still have in your head that when you get to heaven, God's going to put your good works on one side and the bad on the other, and you think works is going to get you to heaven, or you think living a good life or treating your neighbor like you want to be treated. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. I want to tell you, it's not just a head knowledge of Christ. It's a receiving of Christ. I believe all my heart that the Bible says that the Father will draw all, Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. And I believe that God draws us to him. All right? You didn't get saved because you were looking for Christ. You got saved because Christ was looking for you. Now, as, when I got saved when I was 11, I did not understand this. But God in heaven saw me at age 11 sitting in a church service. And the Holy Spirit of God began to draw me during the service as the pastor was preaching on hell. He began to draw me, and I got to see for the first time in my life that I was a sinner, and that hell's where I deserved to go, and he was drawing me. 
and I made a decision to receive that drawing. I made a decision to receive Christ when I came under conviction that I was a lost sinner going to hell, and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. Listen, you might be in the service this morning, and you've been under conviction before, but you've never received Christ before. There's a day of salvation you're not saved and saved and saved and saved and saved. Now, you might have made a profession, a profession, a profession, but somewhere along that line, there's a saved. There's a salvation because the Bible says you're born again, and if you're born physically one time, you're born spiritually one time. You don't get born physically and then get born physically and then be born physically. You don't have three birthdays. Now, except for Elizabeth, she thinks she has three birthdays, okay? This week is Elizabeth's birthday, and she thinks she gets a birthday month. I am so glad I'm not married to Elizabeth. Jake is going to go broke this month, all right? Most people have a birthday, not a birthday month, all right? Crazy. All right, now, do you understand that it's the same way with salvation? You don't have a birthday month. You have a birthday day. All right, when were you saved? When did you trust Christ your Savior? Let's put it like he says in the gospel. When did you receive it? Do you understand that the first thing that the church is supposed to do with the gospel is they're supposed to receive the gospel? Aren't you glad salvation's for everybody? When you look in the scripture, there's a Zacchaeus that got saved, and he was the picture of the rich man. You've got a woman at the well that got saved. She's a picture of a sinful woman. You've got the crippled man that got saved, picture of the handicapped. You've got a Lazarus who got saved, picture of the poor. You've got the maniac of Gadara who got saved, a, a picture of a demon-possessed man. You've got the children that Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. I'm just trying to tell you salvation's for everybody. Junior churches are going on right now. Primary churches are going on right now. I just want to make sure that you understand correctly. They are going to tell those children that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Amen. And the same thing that you're hearing in here in junior churches are going to tell them. Jesus Christ died and was buried and he rose again so that you could be with him someday. Suffer the little children to come unto me. We've made this thing too difficult. If a child can be saved, an adult can be saved. Amen. Are you saved? Or do you just know about it? Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ? So if Paul, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says to the church, the first thing that's got to happen with the gospel is you've got to receive it. It's interesting in verse number 3, I want, you to, I want you to see this and I'll go on, but verse number 3 says this, for I delivered unto you, what's the word? All right, now church family, are you with me so far? Say amen. amen. Who's the I? For I delivered unto you first. Who's the I? Paul. Paul said the first thing I was going to do for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I, what's the word? It's no wonder that in verse number one, he says the church needs to receive the gospel. And he says, the first thing I told you about is how I received the gospel. Listen, I, I, see, I feel like sometimes the Lord just keeps bringing us back to this thing. Every person is supposed to tell every person about Jesus. This is not a Jehovah's Witness church. It's not a Mormon church. And I know sometimes we get paralleled with that. I was talking to a lady just yesterday, and she said that uh, uh, the Mormons had come through her area, and then she said the Jehovah's Witness came, to the area, came through her area, and then she said that she made the statement, and then last of all, the Baptists came. Now, I wish she wouldn't have said last of all, but she said the Baptists came, and she says when they came is when I was looking. You know, the Lord knew exactly when... Someone would come along. By the way, that young, that young lady got saved. I didn't get to lead her to Christ, but that young lady got saved. One of the, I think it was Brother Nearing, if I remember correctly. Brother Nearing got to lead that lady to Christ Amen. because somebody went and told her. Amen. we got a bunch of young people growing up our church, and I, I, don't know if they're, they're not, I don't know if they're catching it or not. 
that it's not just a matter of, okay, here's a soul winning time. Okay, here's a track distribution time. Okay, here's a... No, it's a matter of that people are going to die without Christ. We're trying to make sure we warn them before it's too late. Every person that's a Christian is supposed to tell every person about Christ. Now, this morning, understand, Paul said, I received it. I want you to receive it. So the first thing that we see you're supposed to do with the gospel is we're supposed to receive the gospel. Look at the next thing. It's also in verse number one. The last phrase again says, which also ye have received and wherein ye, what's the word? Stand. Listen, church family, the gospel is the foundation of what we believe. It's our faith. It's our practice. We understand from the Bible in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse number 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We sing all the time the solid rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We understand that what we stand upon is the word of God. You're not going to come tell me I'm not going to heaven. You know why? Because my foundation's too sure. I'm not, I'm not, it's not cloudy. It's not fuzzy. I don't know exactly how this all works out. I know how it works out. Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again for me so that I could be saved. He took my sin debt upon himself. I don't have to pay the sin debt and die and go to hell. My sin debt was paid in full by Jesus Christ. We stand upon that. Listen, church family, if we can't stand upon that, we stand upon nothing. I'm not an expert when it comes to the other religions of the world, but one thing I know for sure, the other, the other religions of the world are man-made and it's all works-based. There's no work we can do. Christ paid it all. And that upon which we stand upon. There are others who are going to stand upon making prayers to Mary. There are others who are going to make a stand upon water baptism. There are others who are going to make a stand upon good works. There are others who are going to make a stand on giving to the poor and outreach ministries of other sorts. But can I tell you, the only thing that you can stand on that's never going to fail is Jesus Christ. And what is that about? It's the gospel. So he talks to the church of Corinth and he says, listen, church of Corinth, when it comes to the gospel, receive it. When it comes to the gospel, stand upon it. Hey, church family, you don't have to be shaken because somebody comes and asks you a question that you can't answer because there's one question you can't answer. I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. I might not be able to answer all the questions from Revelation and who the Antichrist is. Now, I think they might be in the White House. But anyway, I can't tell you all those answers. I don't have all those answers, but I do have one answer. Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he paid my sin debt in full. Amen. What are you supposed to do with the gospel? Number one, receive it. Number two, stand upon it. Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. You know, if, you, if I were you and I was a young person and I questioned in my mind, which I have when I was a, a young person, if I questioned in my mind, am I really being taught the truth? What happens if I was born in some other uh, religious type of home? Listen, you have a book in your hand that is unlike any other book written because it was written by God. Amen. If you can't figure out what you believe, read your Bible. What am I supposed to do with the gospel? Receive it. Number two, stand upon it. Last of all, look at verse number two now, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, by which also ye are saved. What are we saved by? The gospel. By which also ye are saved if ye, what's the next three words? Keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain. All right, now just let me think for a second here. When we talk about that idea of keep in memory, Paul's saying, remember it. Listen. 
Easter Sunday, I was talking about during Sunday school, I'm not, uh, I'm not real comfortable preaching on holidays, Easter Sunday, Christmas, things of that sort. And the reason is, it's just in the back of my mind, you've heard these things again and again and again. But can I tell you, there's certain things you need to remember again and again and again. Amen. You know what you need to remember? Jesus Christ died for you, was buried, and he rose again the third day. You need to bring that to memory. Paul says to the church at Corinth when it comes to the gospel, he listen, sing it over again to me, the wonderful words of life. He says, I want you to remember it again and again and again. Is it any wonder that Apostle Paul, three, three times in Scripture, that Paul kept going back to that road of Damascus? He says, I was coming down that road of Damascus. It was about noon. This light shone out of heaven, knocked me to the ground. I heard a voice from heaven. He refers to his salvation every time he's giving his testimony before King Agrippa and before other, other fact, uh, religious people. He gives his testimony because it always goes back to, I want to remember when I got saved. Why did I get saved? Because he died, buried, and rose again for me. Amen. On the front of the table down front in front of the pulpit is what we call the Lord's table. And it says what? Say it. What are we remembering? Remembering Christ's death, burial, and his resurrection. That's what we're remembering. You know, I was, I, I did not know this until I was reading about this, but it's interesting to me, a biology professor stood up one day and he stood up before his class. I don't know if the guy was saved or lost, but he stood up before his class and he was holding a seed in his hand. And he said, as a biology teacher, he says, this particular seed I'm holding in my hand, it's very interesting that we can reproduce the carbon and what we, I would call ingredients, but the different uh, technical terms concerning that seed. He says, we can reproduce everything and put it into the ground, and the only thing that will happen is that seed that we make will rot. He said, but when you get a seed that was produced by God, it's the only thing that has one element in it that we cannot put into it. It's called life. You put that seed in and something will grow. You put what we produce from the same type of breakdown chemically of that seed. We put that in the ground. We can't get anything to grow. But you put that seed in the ground, it grows. And he says it's because only God can give something life. Amen. Hey, can I just tell you something? God's the only one that can give you life. Physical life and eternal life. Do you know for sure that you're saved this morning? If you died today, I'm talking about you walked out here and a car ran you over. If you died today, would you be in heaven or would you be in hell? Hey, listen, if you have, it's like I talked to that lady yesterday. I said, do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? And she said, well, kind of or think so. It was, it, was, it was not, yes. Listen, if your answer is I think so or maybe I'm pretty good or I'm 99.9% .9 sure, then you're not 100% sure. You know what you ought to do with the gospel? You ought to receive it. And if you're saved in here this morning, you ought to stand up on it. And if you're a Christian this morning, you ought, to, you ought to put it in memory. You ought to remember it on a regular basis. That is what Jesus Christ did for you so you could go to heaven. This Easter Sunday is not about 10,000-piece candy hunt. That 10,000-piece candy hunt is only about trying to get people to come in here so they can receive the gospel. Amen. That's it. He wants the candy. But, but can I just tell you, he, a person will get a whole lot more than a piece of candy if they get Christ. Now listen, I'm, I'm done. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter if you're older or younger. The invitation at the end of a service is an invitation is called an invite. It's an invite for two things. The first thing it's an invite for is that if you're not for sure you're on your way to heaven, is let someone take a Bible and take five minutes and show you how you can know. Not at the front, they'll go to the side. I was sitting in a church service with the fourth row back. At the end of that service, I came forward, someone took a Bible and showed me how I could know for sure I was on my way to heaven. 
That's the first invite. You know what? You know, the devil's going to say, oh, you can do that later. The devil's going to say, well, that, that's embarrassing. No, in just a moment, several people are going to come to the front. But you ought to let somebody, if you're a man, let a man take a Bible. If you're a lady, let a lady. Would you let somebody just take a few minutes and show you what the scripture says about going to heaven? We're talking about eternity. Amen. Number two, an invitation is an invite for a Christian that however the Holy Spirit deals with our heart that we come and we bend, bend a knee before the Lord and say, Lord, please help me in this area. Forgive me in this area. Now this morning, what are you doing with the gospel? Are you sharing it? Are you preaching it? Are you keeping it? Have you ever received it? What's the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did that for us. I want you to stand to your feet. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning.